Thank you for joining us here at Celebration Church, where we celebrate God, celebrate people, and celebrate life. We hope you enjoy today's message. It's good to be together. And if you're here for the first time, again, we just welcome you and we just pray you're blessed. If you're here online, we welcome you as well and we pray you're blessed as well. All right, here we go. Are you ready? Are you ready to laugh? All right, we'll see how we go. We'll see, we'll see what happens. An old farmer was walking down the path to the pond where he spotted a bullfrog. He reached down and grabbed the frog and started to put him in his pocket when the bullfrog said, kiss me on the lips and I'll turn into a beautiful farmer's wife. Again, the old farmer started to put the frog in his pocket and the frog asked, didn't you hear what I said? The old farmer looked at the frog and said, at my age, I'd rather have a talking frog. <laughs> that was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, pretty good, pretty good. All right. Uh, it's been a hard weekend. The Wallabies got thrashed by, oh, not thrashed, but beaten by the Bledisloe, uh, by the All Blacks in the Bledisloe Cup. And the US beat the boomers in the basketball and we grieve, we grieve, we grieve. <laughs> oh, that's good. Anyone enjoying the Olympics? My dad, my dad, if you know, my dad, he used to pastor here, if you're newish, um, for 31 years. And he, uh, I, I haven't seen my dad cry often or get emotional often, but he did text me this week and he said, there are four things that make me emotional. Uh, he said, uh, number one, God. Number two, family. Number three, Tom Hanks movies. <laughs> <laughs> and no, number four, the Olympics. And so, yeah, I don't know if you're as passionate about that as him, but that's okay. All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you for your presence. We thank you that you're here. We, we honour you in this place. And Lord Jesus, I pray that you would just speak to the hearts of the people here, that you would raise up this church to be an impact for your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. The last, uh, well, number of weeks, we've been doing a series on discipleship. And discipleship is something very close to God's heart. It's something that he cherishes. It's something that he longs for the church to lay a hold of. I pray that in the series, we've had different speakers share different things, but I pray that your heart has been stirred when it comes to A, being discipled well, and B, discipling somebody else well. This is the heart of the Father. This is the heart of God for his church. We have to keep um, challenging the mindset that it is the pastor's job to disciple everybody. We have to challenge that across our nation. A lot of churches, the expectation is that the pastor would be the only one that would really uh, disciple. And so therefore, when something happens, people have to book a meeting with the pastor. And that's okay for some things. But ultimately, the way the church will go forward is that the church would understand that we are all called to be disciple makers and that we're all called to have influence and and basically, if we do that, we multiply the effectiveness of the local church. We also have to remember that 
Discipleship is a command, not a suggestion. Jesus didn't, didn't say, if you have time, go make disciples. He didn't say, if you feel like it, make disciples. He didn't say, if you feel secure enough, make disciples. No, he said, go and make disciples. But the response is always going to be our responsibility. So how we respond to that. And the question I have for us today is, do we take personal discipleship as a personal responsibility? My son is my responsibility. He's my son. During worship, I have one eye open, one eye closed, <laughs> or try to, because I'm making sure that I'm keeping an eye on him as he waddles around. And he is my responsibility. I don't expect you to look after him. I expect me to because he's my son and I think in the kingdom of God we are faced with similar choices and discipleship can be somebody else's responsibility or it could be the Christian's responsibility and I encourage you to be a Christian who values discipleship rewind back a number of weeks and if you're away or maybe you just need to hear it again I spoke about the foundation of discipleship being uh, being able to see someone's God potential and drawing them into their God potential. That's the essence of a disciple maker. And if you can do that in life, you can do it over a coffee, you can do it in one conversation, or you can do it over a number of years, then you become someone who is drawing people into their God potential. Last night, Charlie and I watched a movie, and it was a very cute movie. It was a Kiwi movie, and it was made by, what's his name, Taiko, Taiki, okay, well, the the guy, he made um, Hunt for the Wilder People and cool movies like that, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, it's all good, but there was these poor Maori kids on this movie, and a teacher says to one of the kids, you have potential, and this kid's like eight years old, so he doesn't know what it means, and he says, what does potential mean? And the teacher looks at his watch and goes, oh, I've clocked off now, enjoy your school holidays. And so this kid, the movie, part of the movie is this kid trying to find out what potential means. And he's asking people, what does potential mean? And when it comes to God's kingdom, our job is to draw people into their God potential. It's called encouraging people into their call. It's called being the voice of God to Gideon who was the weakest of his family, but yet God still spoke powerfully. If you have your Bibles, turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1. Ecclesiastes 3, verse 1. Today I want to speak for a couple of minutes about discipleship and seasons. Last week I spoke about sowing and reaping, about how farmers are very intentional about sowing and reaping And throughout scripture, it talks about the power of sowing and reaping. And if you remember last week, if you were here, if you remember the statement I made a couple of times, that we today are bearing the fruit from what we sowed yesterday, but we will also bear the fruit tomorrow from what we sow today. Both good and bad, we have to look at what are we sowing in our life. By the way, I'm wearing a hoodie. It's the Young Adults merch hoodie. Shout out to a young adults ministry. If you like it, maybe you can buy one. I don't know. 
if there's any left. But speak to the Maddie or the office and they will hook you up. All right. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1 says, For there is a season, uh, sorry, for everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up what has been planted. A time to kill, a time to heal, a time to break down, a time to build up. A time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to mourn, a time to dance. Verse 5 says, A time to cast away stones, a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to seek and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to cast away. A time to tear and a time to sow. A time to keep silent and a time to speak. A time to love, a time to hate. A time for war, a time for peace. Ecclesiastes 1, uh, sorry, 3 verse 1. We see here the scripture speaking about seasons. And today, this is my heart for us as the church, is that we will learn to discern the seasons of God in our life. Can I hear an amen? Because you know that God works according to seasons. Have you noticed that in life, it's not always the same every day. You have seasons, you have ups and downs, you have mountains and valleys. And when it comes to discipleship, the way we disciple well is that we learn to discern the seasons, not just for our life, but potentially for somebody else's life. Yeah. It's hard for me to disciple somebody if I'm just always saying the same thing, thinking they're in the same season when I have to have the discernment and wisdom to be discipling according to the season of God they're in. Yeah. Let me give you some more scriptures. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 1 says, Now discerning the times and the seasons... This is a writer to the church, and he says, listen, concerning the times and the seasons, that's how he starts. What season are you in? It says this in uh, 2 Timothy 4 verse 2, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with complete patience and teaching. Be ready in and out of season. Psalm 30 verse 5, For his anger is for a moment, and his favour is for a lifetime. Weeping may tarry for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Seasons. It isn't always just joy, and it isn't always just weeping. There are times for both. The same way nature works according to seasons, the kingdom will often work according to seasons. Right now we're in winter, as you know, it gets cold at night. Yesterday we went, over, uh, went up and visited the farm. Um, my parents-in-law own a farm and, and we thought we'd give Bear his first tractor ride. So we went to the farm and he got his first tractor ride on Poppy's tractor and he loved it and it was good. And it was a beautiful day, it was a sunny day, there was no clouds, but there was a wind and the wind was freezing cold. In spring, that wind would probably be a bit warmer. In summer, that would probably be a hot wind. It's according to the season we're in. We are right on the edge, though, any day now, and we've kind of had a couple of days like it, where you'll say to yourself, I can smell spring in the air. It's like there's that, just that sense of like, 
there's something changing. There's a bit more warmth. There's a bit more, you know, for all the people with hay fever, it might not be the best season, but it's just like you start to smell the flowers more. Things start coming alive. And you start to forget winter and you start to, even now the days are getting longer. 5 p.m. is no longer dark. It's like, oh, it's 5.20 now. Or it's, and, it's, and I know because that's bath time for my son, so I know exactly what's happening around that time. First at five headlines, then bath time. And I look out the window and I can see if it's dark or if it's sunny. If you've got your Bibles, why don't you turn to 1 Chronicles 12.32. It might say on the screen. Yeah, that's right, beautiful. 1 Chronicles 12.32. This is our key verse this morning. And so I encourage you to turn there. And I do encourage you every single week, bring your Bibles to church. If you're going to take your Bible anywhere, start it with church because we're studying the Bible. If you're at university, you take your textbook, I'm guessing, so make sure you bring your Bible. And if you want to be advanced, write notes. This isn't just a pep talk. This is the Word of God speaking to you. Write down when things stand out. Unless you have photographic memory, and then I'd love to meet you. I have a bunch of questions because that'll be pretty amazing. It says this in 1 Chronicles 12.32. From, uh, from the tribe of Issachar, there were 200 leaders of the tribe with their relatives. All these men understood the signs of the times and knew the best course for Israel to take. All these men knew, understood the signs of the times, or one translation, the seasons and the best course for the nation to take. They had a gifting. They, out of all the tribes, stood out because they had the wisdom and the discernment to understand, not just looking at the natural, but to say, what is it that God is doing? Who wants to be like the sons of Issachar? I want to be like the sons of Issachar. I pray that God will give me a supernatural insight into what is happening in my life, in, in the life of the church, in the life of our nation, that it wouldn't just be according to what the first at five news says, what the neighbour says, what Facebook says, whatever the source of information is, but Holy Spirit, give me insight according to what you were saying. We must learn to be a prophetic people in order to discern the season we're in. You must learn to be a prophetic person. I said to a couple of people this week, I am a prophetic person. And I just walked out of the room with that. <laughs> it's who I am. It's what I do. I can't help it. Any given time, I'm discerning things for you, for our church, for different situations. It wakes me up through the night. <laughs> there is a gift of prophetic and discernment upon me. And we must learn as people, though, to lean into the prophetic. And if you're a naturally prophetic person here, then guess what? Keep growing in that. And if you're not prophetic at all, ask the Holy Spirit to help you. Paul said, I, I wish that you would all speak in tongues, but it's better that you prophesy. You see, God wants us to be prophetic people. We must learn to be prophetic people. Listen, there's so much noise right now. <laughs> so much chatter. 
especially around COVID and all this stuff. A lot of noise, a lot of opinions, a lot of blah, blah, blah. Holy Spirit, give us insight. Holy Spirit, give us discernment. Discerning the seasons. It might come up on the screen. Okay, I've written that wrong, so please excuse that. I love how it's spelled, uh, grammar check. Discerning the seasons becomes particularly important when we disciple others. If we can sense the season someone is in, we can best know how to help that person. I started by saying that. But if you can learn to discern the season somebody else is in, don't just speak to their circumstance today. Don't just listen to the noise today. You know, whenever someone speaks to me, I'm always doing this. Holy Spirit, what am I sensing in my spirit? What am I sensing in here? Does anyone else do that? You've got to do that because there's so much noise. And when it comes to discipling somebody else, if you want breakthrough, here's the key. Ask the Holy Spirit to give you insight into what's really going on. We see this with Jesus and the disciples. We see it with Jesus and Peter. We see it a number of times where the disciples are saying something. You know, Jesus, uh, sorry, Peter is there and it's an amazing story and he's saying, uh, you know, we're not going to let you die. We're not going to, you know, let things happen. And, and what does Jesus say? He says, get behind me, Satan. What? Peter was saying something beautiful. He was standing up for his saviour but in the moment, he missed the discerning of what was actually happening. And Jesus called out for what it was. And Jesus discerned the situation. So today, for a couple of minutes, I just want to speak about the different seasons we have in God. And what I want you to do for yourself is I want you to sit there and ask the Holy Spirit, what season am I currently in? You might be in a transitional season. You might be in a, you know, end of one season entering a new season. Or you might be smack bang in the middle of a season. And maybe you might be in this season for a long time. And maybe God's saying, keep walking so you can walk out of the season. Because I think we can often plonk ourselves, yes, plonk, sit in the middle of a valley. You have to keep walking. You have to keep walking forward. Tragedy happens, winters happen, hard times happen. But will you plonk or will you keep walking? There's a subject that we should one day talk about. Don't be a plonker. Walk. Even if it's a little step at a time. Even if someone else is carrying you, just keep walking. So the first season today to speak about is the season of winter. The season of winter, which is actually, if I see it as a season of waiting. It's a season of unfulfilled promises. It's a season of challenge. It's a season of trial. It's a season of hidden growth. Think about winter. It looks like it's dead. It looks like nothing's happening. It looks like dirt in the garden. But if you've got things under the surface, there's something going on. Do you have seasons or have you had seasons where you feel like things are dead? You're feeling pretty dry. You're feeling pretty alone. You're feeling pretty, I don't know what's happening. Often it's a season of feeling forgotten. 
Have you ever felt forgotten? Have you ever felt overlooked? Have you ever felt like everybody else is getting a breakthrough and you're still waiting for yours? When I was 26, all my friends that felt like were getting married. And I didn't want to really get married before 25. I liked the single life. It was easier to travel and I could do what I wanted. And then I hit 26 and people started getting married and I started realising, oh, I'm a bit lonely now. Maybe I should get married. And from the age of 26 to 30, I didn't get married. And what happened though was I got really lonely. I became the guy in the winter of waiting. And in the waiting, we do silly things. We try and make things happen. We try and, and we get impatient and we get frustrated and we get annoyed with God and we get annoyed with people and we, we get silly. We have to have patience in the waiting. Maybe you're in your winter right now. Maybe it feels a bit darker. You know, the physical winter, the days get shorter. The days get colder. The days get darker. Some people like that. I like it for a bit. And then after a bit, I go, come on, spring. Bring on the new season. But in God, often we can be in a season of waiting. But here's, here's this. In Psalm 37, verse 7. It says, be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. Be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. It says this in, and we know this well if you, if you read the word, but James chapter 1 verse 2. It says, consider it pure joy, brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that what you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. And if you lack wisdom, ask God who gives generously without finding fault and it will be given to you. How do we become mature people, church? We go through trials. Trials are not fun. And you know that you're maturing when you start to see the joy in a trial. Think about it. It makes no sense naturally. It makes no sense practically. But you know you're maturing when you start to see the joy in the trial because you understand that God is all that you need. Yes. And it says there, not lacking anything. And so when you find people, they, and we looked at the scripture last week of the parable of the sower, and they go through trials and it destroys the seed. No, no, keep persevering. Keep trusting God knows where you're at. Consider it a joy because the end result, if you persevere, if you realise God is all you need, is that you will be a mature person, not lacking anything. The season of winter is that. Maybe you're in a season of winter today, but please understand something. Seasons don't last forever. Maybe you're discipling somebody and they're in a winter. Think about it. Pray about it. Help them be encouraged that winters produce character and maturity, but they're not forever. The second one is this, the season of autumn. It's a beautiful season if you like the different colours that are produced, but really autumn is a season of dying away. It's a season of pruning. 
It's where all the leaves on trees fall off. That's when you have to get the rake out and start to rake up all the dead leaves. It starts pretty, the colours change, but really it ends with barrenness. But it's essential for the next season. Maybe you're in a season of pruning. Maybe you feel like you're going backwards. Maybe you feel like it's, you're in a season that isn't glamorous, isn't amazing, it's not Instagrammable or grammable or whatever the young hit word is. It's not Facebook status worthy. It's a season of just going, I'm going to be faithful and consistent. To some, it's a season that looks like death. But like I said, it's essential for future growth. If you have your Bibles, turn to John chapter 15, verse 1. John 15, 1. Let's look at what Jesus says about this. Is this okay this morning? I think it's pretty good too. John 15, verse 1 says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch that bears no fruit, while every branch that bears fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. In our backyard, uh, we have or had a big lemon tree, and this would produce many, many lemons, lots of lemonade potential. And my dad came over, and my dad's a keen gardener, and he said, you've got to prune back that lemon tree. And this lemon tree would have been, uh, I don't know, three, four metres high. And we cut it back to literally probably this high with just like the, a, little, a few little offshoots. And, and it was just heartbreaking because it went from this yellow lemon tree to this little stumpy-looking thing. But my dad said to me, what will happen, though, is in the seasons to come, that will produce healthier fruits, bigger fruit. It's been a season now, and it hasn't come back yet. There's one lemon on there, <laughs> one green lemon right now. There is a house across the street, and it's a holiday house, and after it gets dark, we sneak across and steal some of their lemons from their front yard. Sorry, we don't steal, we just borrow. And they're on the ground anyway. Not actually, I don't know, Charlotte does it, you can blame her. But <laughs> <laughs> confess your sins that you may be healed. <laughs> I just think it's amazing that Jesus says, he says, if you are producing fruit, I'm going to prune you. And pruning is never fun. It's painful. It's going backwards, literally. It's growth to not so much growth. But it's because of what's to come. Autumn is like that. It's leaves falling off trees. It's what's going on. Is this tree dying? No, no, it's just autumn. Wait for what's to come. I know there's this order isn't, these, these seasons aren't in order, but that's okay. It says this in Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. If you're in the season of pruning, don't give up. 
Don't give up. Keep being faithful. Keep trusting God. Keep worshipping. Keep reading the Word. Keep on keeping on. Because the Lord is doing something if you're walking with Him. Let me talk about spring for a second. The season of spring. Who here enjoys spring? Yeah, I enjoy spring. I think, I think it's probably my favourite season. The season of spring. For me, the season of spring represents new life. New life. New adventures, new warmth, a new breakthrough. Longer days. People get happier. They come out of winter and they get happier. You watch it even in church. We go, if a church, a church is growing spring. It's really strange, but it makes sense. People come out of their winter hidey holes and they're ready for church again because it's now spring. It just brings something with it. When it comes to the kingdom of God, spring is an amazing season. In Isaiah chapter 43, verse 18, it says, Forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. See how it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Someone needs to lay a hold of that prophetically. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Behold, I am making a way where there was no way. Church, don't get stuck in your winter. Understand that after the winter comes the spring. No season lasts forever. (laughs) Maybe you're waiting for your spring season. Maybe you're in your spring season. But I encourage you that it's part of the seasons of God. I love how in spring you see new growth and new life. I know that you see new growth in life because you have to start mowing your lawn more than once a month or once every six weeks in winter. The bi-weekly lawn mow starts to happen. Anyone else have to mow the lawn once every two weeks? Well, if you don't, you probably need better lawn. I don't know. (laughs) You know it's spring because the weeds start coming up. And the weeds look green, but they're a pain. You know it's spring because everything starts to come alive again. And what you thought was dead in winter starts to come alive again. Church, maybe it's time for you to step into your spring. Maybe it's time for our church overall to go, let's make it a season of spring. The last one is this, before I finish. The season of summer. The season of summer. For me, it represents in the kingdom a season of harvest, a season of fruitfulness, a season of work, <laughs> a season of promises fulfilled. If you think about it, we love to see harvest come in. God, send the harvest in. God, we pray for harvest. But with harvest comes work. With harvest comes sacrifice. And with harvest comes blood, sweat and tears. 
God sent revival to the Shalhaven. 10,000 people get saved. Who is going to disciple the 10,000? It's going to be you. God used our church to impact our city. God gives us 500 new people. Who's going to be the one that gives up their seat? It's going to run the new Christian program. It's going to have to start a connect group to help the vulnerable uh, new Christian. You see, we pray prayers, but we actually don't understand the cost. The New Testament church paid a huge cost. They literally gave their life to see God move. We want to see the fruit, but we don't want to go into the field and pick the fruit. (laughs) Master chef is more important. Comfort is more important. So we have to ask ourselves the question, do we really want to see God move? If I can't even go to a connect group now and be a part of discipling someone, running, do I really want to see people saved? If my, if my act of worship is just being a part of turning up to church and that's it, do I really want to see the, the, the hundreds come to Christ? And if the answer is yes, if the answer is yes, I still want to see that, yes, I see the price and I still want to see God do that, then guess what? We're in a great place. I do feel like, though, a lot of churches and a lot of Christians love to pray the prayers because praying prayers is actually easy. But they don't like to bring the harvest in because harvest represents a lot of work. Harvest represents what Beck Gallagher's done for eight years. Every Friday, hours through the week, discipleship, plus she works with young people for a full-time job, turns up, Harvest turns up harvest. And it's just like, it costs. So we have to be very clear on this issue. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Pray the Lord sends forth workers into the harvest field. Because workers, hear that? Workers work. So, Lord, we ask for a season of harvest. Let me finish with this scripture. Luke chapter 5, verse 4 says, When he had finished, finished speaking, Jesus had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night. We've caught nothing. But because you said so, I'll let down my nets. And when they let, when they done so, they caught such a large number of fish the nets begin to break. That's a single signal for partners in the other boats to come and help them. And they came, both filled, and they, sorry, filled both boats so full, get this, that they began to sink the fishing boats. <laughs> God, give us increase so that our church can't contain it. Let the boat begin to sink. But understand that those fish didn't jump into the boat. That'll be so much easier, hey? Fish, jump into the boat, and then can you please scale yourself and gut yourself and get ready for the market for sale? If you do all that, then I don't have to touch you and get smelly, fishy hands. (laughs) But that's the attitude we can often have. 
It takes effort. It takes time. It takes guts. It takes scaling. It takes pulling the nets in. It takes calling others for help. Come on, help me. I need help in my connect. I need help in serving. I need help in reaching out. Help me. I just, there's so much going on. And I love this about this story. They had been working their butts off all night. To the point where Simon says, Jesus, what? Chuck out the nets again. We've been doing this all night. The season was a different season until Jesus spoke. (laughs) Maybe you have been chucking out nets all night and have caught nothing. And the Lord says to you today, chuck it out one more time. Go into the deeper water. Go into the water that's scarier. Go into the water where you don't know what's underneath you. You don't know how it's going to finish. Maybe step out of your comfort zone. Maybe try something new. Maybe trust me in a way you've never trusted me before. And by doing so, you cast your net where it has not been cast. And you break this thing called comfort. The thing that binds the church. You know that? You know it's comfort? It's not, it's not other, it's, we think it's all these, it's the church loves to be comfortable. We have to break off those chains. Speak to your neighbour. Speak to the new person at church. Invite them out for a coffee. Go to that connect. Go serve. Do something. Wake up earlier on a Sunday if it's going to help. Why? The nets need to be full. The season of summer is here. The season of harvest. So as we finish, are you in a winter season, the season of waiting? Are you in an autumn season, a season of pruning? Are you in a season of new life, a spring season? Or are you in a season of harvest, which is a summer season? For your own heart, for your family, for your marriage, for your connect group, for your, uh, for your uh, peer group, for those you meet with, always think this, what season are you in? Because this is the last point I'm going to make on this. It's silliness to try and plant seed in the wrong season. And it's silliness to try and uh, harvest crops in the wrong season. You have to wait on the timing of God. So we have to be discerning with the Holy Spirit when we speak to people. Lord, what season are they in so I may be wise and know how to? Do they need seed sown? Do they need to be watered right now? Do they need some fertiliser? Do they need someone to, to pull the carrots out of the ground and harvest? And you have this amazing power with the Holy Spirit to help people grow because you become discerning in your heart about the seasons. In Jesus' name. Is that helpful this morning? Why don't we stand to our feet? And I'm just gonna just gonna get us to wait. Why don't you just close your eyes for a moment? And this is—it's always good to respond in our hearts. Um, I'm not going to ask you to put your hand up, but I'm, I'm just going to ask you in your heart to respond to the Word of God by asking the Holy Spirit, Lord, what season or Seasons even, sometimes you can be in a couple, it feels like. What seasons am I in? What season am I in? 
Give me discernment about the season for my life that I might know how to act and move forward. So right now, Holy Spirit, we just wait on you and we ask that you will just reveal the seasons of God to us. Give us eyes to see. Give us ears to hear. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And if you feel like that you've been in a season that's been, you've been there for too long, you've just plonked in the season, you've stopped moving, just make a decision today to start to move again, especially the winters, especially the autumns, the seasons that can feel discouraging. Just say, Lord, I'm going to, become, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to let go of that. I'm going to let go of what's holding me back. That disappointment, that hurt, that struggle, the pain. I'm going to bring forgiveness in and I'm going to move forward in Jesus' name. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. And Lord, I just pray you'll give us wisdom and how to help those we disciple by knowing the seasons, by helping them in their seasons. In Jesus' name. If you're here with your spouse, I encourage you to take them by the hand. And if you're just here as a single, just, 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 yeah. Your waiting will finish at some point if you want to get married. Or maybe you want a bullfrog. I don't know. Let's, let's pray right now. I just want to bless you. Lord, I just thank you for every amazing person here, for those who are online, for our church family who's not here today. Father, bless them. Lord, I pray you would just pour out your Spirit upon them. Lord, I pray that this week will be a week of just hearing the voice of God, hearing the blessing of God. Lord, and let us be people who speak, Lord, just the potential of God over others. Lord, who draw people into your greatness. Holy Spirit, pour out your fire upon this church, upon every person. Protect them, keep them safe and well. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. Amen. We hope you were encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more about our church, please go to celebrationchurch.com.au.